What's up, good peoples? Welcome to Urban Economics and Development Podcast. I am your host, Andre Williams. I hope that you have had an amazing day. It's about to get even better. Um, I got some beautiful jewels I want to drop on you guys tonight. Um, I've been doing some studying on uh, the roles that the family play in investing in the community, but the first investment that we should all make uh, starts with the the foundation in our own home, um, because what happens in the home spills out into the neighborhood, and it impacts the neighborhood. It affects the neighborhood. What happens in that neighborhood affects the community. And what happens in the community definitely affects the state. And what happens in that state affects the country. And what happens in that country affects the world. So the foundation to sound investment starts at home. And I think COVID has put things in perspective to allow us to slow down. Slow down, take our time and and focus on the things that really matter. And it has forced a lot of people to spend that quality time that, you know, before COVID, prior to COVID, you know, we were in the rat race. We were so busy and everybody's running and, uh, you know, the kids at school and, you know, the the time that you spend with the kids at home, uh, the balance was was off because you would spend more time at work, you would spend, the kids would spend more time at school. Um, And then by the time they came home, you know, they did their homework, you know, by by this time it's five, six o'clock in the evening. Um, Dinner, you know, after dinner, they're going to bed. So you got about, you know, maybe two to three hours of, you know, time that you could, you know, impact their lives and you know, that that time was taken for granted because, you know, we were all rushing to do the same exact thing the next morning. And, you know, with COVID, that kind of changed things. It made you slow down a little bit. So uh, during the day, you had more time to spend with your children and more time to homeschool them and make sure that, you know, they were they were actually learning. But it also, you know, put us in a position to Think about what other things that we can teach them outside of what the school, um, you know, was responsible for teaching them. So when I think about my own family, um, I know that the school's not going to teach them about, you know, personal credit. I know that the schools are not going to teach them about business credit. I know that the schools, you know, when it's not their responsibility to do that, it's actually the family's responsibility. Like if my father didn't sit me down and explain the real estate uh, investing to me and show me by example um, of all the possibilities that were out there, um, I wouldn't have learned it. Uh, Same thing with with with, you know, learning how to, 
manage credit. You know, by the time you're 18, you know, you get your first credit card. You know, nobody at school is teaching you, you know, listen, slow down. Don't use that credit card, you know, uh, unwisely or, or, you know, don't wow out once you get it. You know, take your time and make sure you make your pay. No, most of the kids, when they got their credit cards, they were off at college or, you know, they just happen to stumble across the, the, the pre-approval in the mail for that $500 credit line. And they went shopping once they activated that card. And next thing you know, they didn't have the money to pay that card back. So the next thing that happens is you end up with bad credit. And that followed you, you know, all of your adult life or until you stumbled upon knowledge of, of credit repair and credit restoration and why it was important to maintain good credit. But up until that point, you know, that the conversations didn't happen and it really should have started at home. When recognizing the gifts that your children have, you know, the school has a system of educating everyone the same way. And, you know, we may mistake a child, um, uh, way of learning for we may mistake it and, and prescribe ADD or ADHD onto that child. And it may just be simple that that child has a gift that we aren't stimulating. Right. So my 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 own family, uh, my son, Andre, um, he he has a way of learning that's totally different than his younger brother. Andre can read anything and he'll retain the information that's stuck in his head. You know what I mean, he can read it. He can retain it. He'll remember what he read. He'll go and score 100 percent on the test. Now, my daughter, Naomi, she's more of a hands on uh, hands on type of learning, kinesthetic um, and artistic. So when she sees a problem you know, it, it, it was totally different than the way Andre would analyze a problem. Naomi can't read it and, and process it the same way that my son does. So I can't teach her the same way that I teach my son. I had to find out what was Naomi's gift. What was Naomi's gift? Her gift was uh, the artistry. She, she's 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 creative. So what I had to do was learn how to nurture that gift so that she can say, OK, I can I can take my art and I can apply it to this math problem or this 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 English test that I have coming up. And she could look at something from uh, an abstract point of view. She can find the beauty in it or she can find what isn't there and put it there because. I had to learn how to to stimulate that side of her. So I wouldn't send her to uh, a basketball camp. I mean, because that's not her gift. I mean, her gift was let me send her to an art camp. You know, let me get her in an art club. Let me stimulate her gift. And and by the time she was 10, uh, the first book that I put out, everybody is a real estate investor. Yes, even you. My baby was the was was able to draw a profile picture of her father. And I was able to insert that into my book that was published a couple years ago. So she became a published artist at the age of 10. But if I wasn't paying attention as a father, 
I wouldn't have been able to pull that gift out of her and nurture that gift that she had. I would have complained and said, you know, OK, you don't learn the same way your brother do. What's wrong with you? Yeah, you know I mean, and, and next thing you know, I'm prescribing something else on her. That's going to that's going to smother her gift. And that's not what, you know, as as good parents, as good shepherds, you know, we are to we, we are to lead by example. So sometimes we have to pull ourselves out of the equation and not be judgmental, but look at it from a from a from a nurturing standpoint. How can I uh, you know, how can I help my children become the best version of themselves? Right. What is what is the what is the profile uh, of the way that they learn? Let me let me study gift profiles and figure out, OK, my, my youngest son, Abram. He analyzes things different because by the time he came to my daycare and preschools, now he's the youngest, but by the time he came to the daycares and preschools, we had tablets already. So he's able to process technology totally different than his sister. So Abram's 12, Naomi's 14, but Abram processes things a lot quicker than all of his other siblings, because by the time, like I said, he came to the daycare and preschool, we already had tablets. So the information was was right at his fingertips. He could fix cell phones and computers inside the home now because of the way that he analyzed. He's a thinker. He's a thinker. He's always thinking five, six steps ahead. And if as his father, I don't nurture that. And I don't show him the benefits of processing that kind of information, even when we play uh, like the game Monopoly at home. Right. Abram is always thinking similar to how I thought as a kid when I'm when I'm, you know, going around. Go now. Monopoly has changed. You know, it's a totally different game when we used to play it. Um, you used to have to collect two hundred dollars every time you pass go. And um, that was good back in those days, back in the 80s and in the, in the, in the you know early 90s. Now you get two million dollars when you pass go. So what that does to your thinking is it, 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 it expands your imagination. You're not intimidated by numbers anymore. Right. So so large numbers don't scare you. If you know, when you when you land on Baltic or Mediterranean, you're going to get five million or six million. And by the time you get over to uh, Pennsylvania Avenue or New York Avenue or by the time you get the boardwalk or park place, you're collecting 20 million dollars. That changes your 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 perspective on investing and what I like to do is apply and teach my children to apply everything that we're doing together as a family. That way you can say, OK, you know, dad is teaching me at home to be kind, to be loving, to be, you know, understanding, to be, you know, what I mean, watchful. Right. And so when you go out into the community, that's what you're going to project everything that you're learning at home. So it also works the reverse way. If you are learning bad you know, characteristics at home, you're being taught bad habits at home or or, you know, you're being taught to, you know, that it's OK to curse around, you know, anybody and say bad words or drink or smoke or, you know, get high or, you know, fight or whatever. That's what you're going to project into that neighborhood. 
And before you know it, what you project in that neighborhood is projected into the community. And what what's projected into the community is is what's projected into the state and then to the country and then to the world. So at some point we have to realize that it's it's the father's and the mother's responsibility to set a good foundation to invest in in to me that's that's my greatest investment my children you know it, it's great that i own schools and i own you know a uh, bunch of real estate and you know a construction company and a nonprofit and a de- uh, development uh, company and investment clubs and like all that is great but if i don't if i don't teach my children at home what good it would it what what good would it do for me to come on this podcast and teach everyone else? It wouldn't. I would be a hypocrite if I didn't do this teaching at home first. And as a father, to me, that's that's my most important purpose on this earth to to one to act like my father. You know, God said, "Let us make man in our own image, and let's give them dominion over the earth." So if He's saying. I have to act in his image. That means I have to be the the true example of love in my home first. Before I can before I can go out into the community and teach, you know, all of you, I have to I have to do it at home first. So that's my that's my that's my foundation. That's what gives me time to say, okay, you know, I was able to teach my kids, you know, a lesson on um, Kwanzaa. I was able to teach my kids a lesson on, um, you know, what it means to, to write visions down and to, to speak life into your visions and, and to create and, you know, to look at, you know, this game and say, okay, okay, although this is a monopoly game, we can do this in real life. We can apply this in real life. We don't have to be intimidated. So by the time, you know, we get to the age and dad say, okay, we're going to invest in this property as a family, whether it's a hotel or a shopping plaza. Now, they're not going to be intimidated by numbers. It's not going to be, you know, the talk of lack, the speak of lack. We have to be careful what we teach our children because we are the first schools. We are the first learning centers and they're going to learn from us by default or intentionally. So we, 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 we have to monitor what they listen to. We have to monitor who they hang around. We have to we have to make sure that they know that they are leaders and not followers. Like we have to, you know, embed that into their consciousness to 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 speak life over them so that they don't ever get in a situation and feel like they're stuck. Or feel like they don't have a way out. Like we have to show them that, you know, you're you're never stuck. Just as easily as you, you know, you, 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 you had an idea and you changed your circumstance to put you in that position. The opposite idea or the equivalent on the opposite side of that idea can get you out of that circumstance or situation. But you can't get to a place to where you feel like you are stuck. But if we start those teachings at home, guess what? It's going to spill out. And it's going to impact and they will be leaders. And they will be able to teach other people. And, and, and this is the beautiful part. They're going to carry that and teach their families when they get older. So when I look at my sons, I know that I'm raising somebody's husband. Yeah, I'm raising somebody's father. 
I'm raising, you know, a, a, a stand up businessman or businesswoman, no matter what, uh, you know, careers they choose in life. The real estate is always going to be a part of their lives because, again, everybody need a place to live. So you, there's no getting out of that. So either you're going to be a renter or you're going to be an owner. And I'm teaching them to be an owner. To be a creator. And it, and it all goes back to what we teach at home as fathers and as mothers. That's why our job is so important. It's so important. And I, and I take this responsibility serious and I, I, I want to urge you to, to look at what are, what are you teaching your children? What habits are you teaching them? Are you having conversations with them about credit? Are you having conversations with them about, you know, owning a business or following their dreams or nurturing whatever their passions are? Are we are we having those kind of conversations? Because that's 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 where dreams are manifested. If you ever look at a child when they're when they're first born and, and they start off, you know, as toddlers and, uh, you know, they grow into, you know, school age children and so forth, adolescence. And by the time they're born, they are they are full of love. They're full of forgiveness. You could take a toy from them. And next thing you know, you know, when I look at the babies at my daycare teachers, I always tell my teachers when I look at the uh, children at my daycare school, I always tell my teachers to 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 watch the babies. Let's look at let's look at their their genuine love and their pure love that they have for one another. If another baby's crying, the other baby goes over and and they try to, you know, comfort or console the other child. You know, I mean, if if one of them is playing with a toy and the other one wanted a lot of times they may not share at first. But then next thing you know, they're sharing and they're playing together. And and they're not holding a grudge. They're not passing judgment. They're not saying, oh, I can't trust this, this, this child. They're not like all of those are learned behaviors. So it's the same thing with their dreams. If you're constantly speaking lack over them or if you're constantly telling them you can't do this or we're not exposing them to possibilities, we're not exposing them to other opportunities. We're not exposing them to 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 really the, the, the country, the world. We have to change the way that, you know, we 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 perceive teaching. It's not the responsibility of someone else It's, it's truly a responsibility um, of the mother and the father to be that, you know, that that foundation. So when we invest, I can teach you about investing and buying properties and buying this. But if I don't teach you how to invest in your family first. Then. Investing in these properties is, is not really going to, you know, it's not going to have the, the true impact that it should. You're not going to be able to truly understand it. Um, one of the old sayings is um, we can't change the world unless we change ourselves. Be the change that we want to see in the world. Like we have to take that and we, and we have to live it and speak it. So I thank you guys for tuning in. I'm not going to stay with you uh, too long, but I appreciate your time. Um, I hope that this has helped someone. Um, I want to, you know, give a shout out to the friends of 
uh, friends of the show. We have uh, Sway Records, record uh, Sway Records and Studios. Uh, you can reach Donald Pup Bolden at 609-943-7331. We have One Heaven, Inc., Resurrecting Families, Homes, and Dreams, a nonprofit community service organization. Um, you can reach us at info at dominioninvestmentclub.com. We have uh, Bass Contracting, Teach a Man to Fish. Uh, if you give a man to fish, he'll eat for the day. But if you teach him how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate your time. God loves you, and so do I. Peace and blessings. There's something that you need to hear. When I say you know that I'm sincere.